God bless you. Welcome to our Monday through Wednesday broadcast. This series is the uh, Glory Roadmap. The, the Glory Roadmap is what God called it to me, the Roadmap of Glory. My name is Henry Falcone from Flame of Fire, Kingdom Awakening Messengers. It is so good to be with you this morning. God bless you. And I hope that uh, you're all doing well. We thank God for our Facebook family, our YouTube family. And those of you that may be watching through Twitter, we also are on Rumble. And so we give God all the glory and honor. Please sign in. Let us know where you're from. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to write on the chat line. Uh, we do have moderators on that will uh, moderate the chats. So uh, we thank God for that. Thank you to our moderators that do a great work. Um, please let us know who you are and where you're from. And I'm going to make sure that as I do every broadcast, you know, I have to make sure that my phone is working correctly so I can see the so I can see the chats correctly. So make sure that we're on and I can read any comments that you're making. Monday through Wednesday broadcast. It is working, as you can tell. So praise God. What a blessing it is to be with you this morning as we seek the face of God together and hear a present word of the Lord. That's what this broadcast is about. It's to bring forth the present word of the Lord. What is the Lord saying to us today? through his word, through scriptures, through the spirit. And, you know, and how is the Lord preparing us, positioning us to propel us with the glory that we need for a 2022? So it's an honor, a privilege to be with you each day. I do look forward to these broadcasts because I'm learning with you. We're learning together. We're hearing what the Lord is saying to us. And we're beginning to receive instructions and blueprints of how to live and how to move in this day and hour that we're living in. You know, Psalm 32, 8 is such a living reality within me that I, the Lord, will teach you and instruct you in the way that you should go. I, the Lord, will teach you and instruct you. I expect that every day, that the Lord will teach me and instruct me, what? In the way that I go. The steps of a righteous man, they're ordered of the Lord. Okay, and then he goes beyond that. He says, I'm gonna guide you with my own eye. That's beautiful, which means there's a guidance system that's above just hearing the Lord like we normally do. There's a guidance system where God is speaking through many different ways to us. For example, they may speak through the circumstances to you. You might get an impression or what they call an intimation where, where the Lord is kind of, you just, you know, you just feel like you need to do something. He's not saying do it, but but you find out by obeying that little prompting on the inside, that intimation, you are um, hearing the Lord. So praise God. God bless you. So lean, Peter, enjoy um, Maloney, I guess. God bless you. Thank you for watching this morning. It's a blessing to have you on this morning. Praise God. So. Hello. Let's let's go before the Lord this morning and just uh, as we lay today's gathering uh, before him, Lord, we praise you and we bless you. We we honor you. We thank you, Lord. We so appreciate you, Lord. We appreciate your presence, Lord. We appreciate your manifested presence. We we love when you're here with us, Lord. We love it, Lord. Lord, when you're here, you're feeding us through your very substance, your flesh and your blood, and we're eating of you, Lord. And we love when you come with your manifested presence, Lord. And we just want to let you know how much we appreciate you, Lord. You don't have to be with, with us this morning. You can do anything you want, but you've chosen to be with us, Lord. To let your presence be known so that we can see you, hear you, and know you. Our prayer this morning is, Lord, we know you, but we want to know you better. We see you, but we want to see you better. We, we hear you, but we want to hear you better. Open up our eyes to see and our ears to hear and our hearts to understand, Lord. Lord, the secrets and the mysteries of your heart, your desires, 
your plans, Father, your plans, your thoughts that you have for us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you're preparing us and you're positioning us to be ready to be propelled, filled with your glory as full-grown sons and daughters of God who are beginning to manifest upon the earth, Lord. The full company of your sons and daughters are birth, Lord, and but they're beginning to arise. They're beginning to arise and to form an army, Lord, prophetic army, apostolic army, Lord, your army that you, the Lord, go before and you utter your voice. As it says in Joel chapter two, it says the Lord utters his voice before his army. And great is that army, you said, Lord. Great is that army that's able to execute your word, release your word, Lord. So we thank you for that this morning, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the blood that you shed for us, Lord. We thank you that you died and you rose again, Lord. And you disconnected us from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you've reconnected us to the tree of life that's in the midst of the garden. But we thank you for that. We appreciate you so much, Lord. We love you. We adore you this morning, Lord. We can't do this without you. We're totally dependent upon you coming, Lord. And though we didn't come just to hear a message, we, we've come to allow your word to make us the message that we'd be the messengers, God, of your kingdom and, 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 and by, the, by our life, reflecting your life completely. And so this morning, we give you the totality of our being, our body, soul, and spirit. We give it to you again this morning, Lord, as a living sacrifice, Lord. All that I am, all that I have, all that I ever will be is yours. And we hear you knocking on the door this morning. In Revelation 3.20, we say, come in afresh this morning. Come in, Lord, and sup with us. And Lord, we'll sup with you. So, Lord, we love you. We adore you. We appreciate you so much, Lord. We thank you that you are our God and there is no other. There is no one like you, O oh God. You are so beautiful. And we worship you this morning in the beauty of your holiness, Lord. We worship you. We turn our eyes upon you, Lord, looking away from all that would distract us, putting away every weight, every sin, Lord, and, and, and that would entangle us from running the race that's before us, Lord. And so we thank you, Lord, that the steps of a righteous man are ordered. And we thank you today that you have ordered our steps that will walk in the divine plans and the purposes that you had for us before the foundation of the world, Lord, you knew us. And you wrote in a book about our lives and days. And we want to live for your purposes, Lord, for the reason why you made us. The reason why you created us, Lord, is why we want to live. And that's to worship you. And we were made for your pleasure. Lord, we just love you and adore you. And Lord, we, we, will, we want to obey you perfectly, Lord. As Jesus obeyed you, Father, Lord, perfectly, Jesus, I thank you that your life, your kingdom life is now within us, Lord. Your breath of life was within us so that, Lord, as you obeyed the Father, as you did the will of the Father, now you will do that in us and through us and with us, Lord, as one, as a bride with a bridegroom. So, Lord, we put this meeting into your hands today. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you all the praise for there is no one like you, Father. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just give God all the glory and the honor and praise this morning. Hallelujah. I put in the beginning of our broadcast, I just put some chat chat line in. And I know that I uh, thank you uh, for some information. We'll post again at the end of the broadcast. Uh, I thank you for our moderators that are on today. And I thank you that. Uh, um, uh, also, uh, make sure that you watch on YouTube because comments come up on YouTube too. So um, I don't know if it's possible to watch one on one, one or the other or not. But uh, so you can kind of monitor on both ends there. Okay. Hopefully they'll come up on the screen together. So hopefully they will. Praise the Lord. What a blessing it is to be with you this morning. Yesterday, 
Uh, we were in Song of Solomon chapter two. So I'm gonna go back to this morning and we are going to, uh, um, Song of Solomon chapter two, we're talking about the arising sons and daughters of the Lord. And in Song of Solomon chapter two, okay, we've been unfolding on uh, some scriptures from verse 10 through uh, verse uh, 13. It says, let me, I have to turn the page here. It says, my beloved speaks, my beloved speaks, that's the Lord speaks to me. And this is his command, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. This is such an important prophetic utterance of the Lord, beloved, that it's a, it's a command to rise up, my love. Notice it makes it very personal that he's in love with us. Rise up, my love, right? Rise up, my love, my fair one. That's a compliment of the Lord because he values our fellowship. He values us being with him more than anything. He values our fellowship. It's the one thing that he desires above all is for us to fellowship with him continually. That's as Jesus continually fellowship with the father and everything that he did and everything he said on this earth was out of that abiding relationship, out of that abiding communion, out of that abiding fellowship. That's what the Lord longs from us. And he's not only set down the Holy Spirit to live in us, but to bring forth that presencing of the Lord, that, that, that presencing of the Lord where we're in continuous fellowship and harmony with the Lord. And now we're in the day, and I said this, and you know, of the kingdom age, we've come out of the church age, the first 2000 years of the church, and we've entered into, and then in 2000, we entered into the third day, the, 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 the millennial, a new millennial of the Lord, where the Lord is no longer being betrothed to us, and I told you in the first 2000 years of the Lord, our relationship was me and the Lord and the Lord and me, we were engaged together. But in 2020 and before that, something happened, okay? And when the revelation came to is that the Lord wants us to be married with him. And this is the time of the marriage supper of the lamb. Right now we're being married to the Lord. He's inviting us to come in. He's coming into our house, that's personal. He wants to eat with us and eat with him. That's a personal, deeper relationship than we've ever known before in the Lord. And that's what this day is all about, beloved. This day is about the deepest, most intimate relationship we've ever had the Lord as a bride with a bridegroom. Because it's with his bride, he's gonna walk upon the earth. It's with his bride and his full grown mature sons he's gonna walk on the earth with. And they're gonna, as a priest, and a bride, they're going to minister to his heart and they're going to receive his pure, holy love. And they're going to minister to him that pure, holy love. And out of that love, he's going to reveal his plans, his purposes. And, you know, on the earth for your life, for your family, for your ministry, for your church, the Lord is going to reveal those plans as a son and as a king, which represents rulership, you know, ruling with him, reigning, authority, power and dominion. So as a bride, we come up. You know, as a priest, we come up and we minister to his heart. He ministers to ours like this. But while we're in that relationship of this with him as a bride, you know, as a priest, as a son, then we, as a king, he begins to release us on earth as it is in heaven. He releases his will and his purposes in heaven this way and the vertical relationship. And now we get, we're able to be formed with Ezekiel's vision of, a, of, of the wheel within the wheels connected to the four living creatures. I said this yesterday, they become so one. Heaven be, heaven gets so filled within you, the thoughts and the minds of purposes of God and his glory fill you from the spirit of prophecy, the seven spirits of God that's so one with it, that we're now able to function with heaven and heaven is able to function with us and we're able to release on earth that which is in heaven. And that's gonna change everything. It's gonna change your life, it's gonna change your family, it's gonna change your church, it's gonna change your ministry because everything that's gonna be flowing Flowing will be flowing down from the head, the Lord Jesus Christ as a complete authority over life. And all these thoughts and intentions that the Father has is gonna flow through you. 
going to flow through his fivefold ministry. It's going to flow through a body of mature sons and daughters that are going to be able to be the reflection of his glory on the earth. They're going to do exactly what he tells them to do, say exactly what he tells them to speak. Just as Jesus did, he's now going to do in a multi-membered body what he was limited to do in a single body. He's now able to do in a multi-membered body and so that, that, that his glory can be seen upon the earth. And that's where we begin to see Joel's army begin to take a place as a wheel within a wheel. That's where we begin to see, you know, the bride come out of the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved. She's ready for the work of the Lord. She's ready for the end time purposes of the Lord. All that the Lord's been doing from 2000 to 2022 is to prepare us, position us, to propel us for his end time purposes. And there's a special season of preparation, a special time of visitation to get us ready for what's coming on the earth. And that's what these broadcasts are about. As I said early, that's why in 2020, it was the dawning of that kingdom age where so many more could see it. The, the sun is shining when the morning moments of the unfolding of God's purposes and plans for these end times. And it begins with, with a glory roadmap of Revelation chapter one through five, where the Lord is preparing a people and he charges them with three words, repent, change and overcome. That's what the first five books of the Bible, of the book of Revelations are about. The spiritual Pentateuch of the, of the book of Revelations is a call to repent, change, and overcome, which means we have to be positioned for what's coming. We have to be prepared for what's coming so that we can be propelled with the glory of the Lord to overcome everything that's coming. How many of you want to be overcomers in every sense of that word from the Lord's perspective? Well, to be an overcomer, you've got there are things that you must overcome. We know that in the last days will be perilous times, hard to deal with, hard to bear. So it's Second Timothy says, you know, you know, uh, the men will be lovers of themselves. They'll gratify themselves. They'll hate their parents. They'll be disobedient to their parents. We know what the last days are going to look like. Wars, rumors of wars and all those things. But God is going to have a people that's positioned. God's going to have a people that are prepared and, you know, and then a people who are propelled with the glory of God that will be able to overcome the world. Jesus said, you know, as I have overcome the world, you are going to overcome the world. Remember he said, as I have overcome, you're going to overcome. Because his full life, his full-grown sonship life, it's going to be seen within us. And as he overcame the world, so are we. You know, that's why he said, the works that I do, you shall also do. See, notice, notice the parallel. As I have overcome, you'll overcome. The works I do, you shall, you shall also do. You know, as the Father speaks to me, I'm going to speak to you. It's a direct corresponding relationship with the Lord. It's a direct corresponding relationship with the Lord. That's why it's so important that, that we're there. That we're hearing this of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise his name. So with all of that, beloved, the Lord has brought forth an end time visitation. I talked about this yesterday, the former and the latter rains being poured out at the same time. That's what Song of Solomon chapter two begins to tell us. It tells us that there's a call to rise up my love. And that's what God is saying and speaking to those, uh, to those that he's, he is, um, I get the wrong button over here, there we go. I don't want that, I want this, that's okay. Okay, there we go. Now I got it. Um, He's calling us to rise up, come out of the circumstances. And if, if ever there was a time for us to seek the Lord, 2020 was the time where I said this, where God shut everything down. Would you agree? The whole world shut down. The church shut down. We couldn't go to church as usual. We couldn't do anything. You know, had to wear masks. You know, they shut down all the small businesses. Of course, they left all the big ones open. Just saying. But anyways, they shut down. People lost their jobs. You know, so much happened. 
during 2020. It was a, a stop. You know, we saw what the enemy tried to do, but in the midst of that, the Lord brought a stop to all the activity of the church to call out to us. What call was come? All things are now ready. And he was expecting an immediate response from us as his people to come and to seek him in a new way. He was expecting us in 2020 with everything shutting down, with everything coming to stop where we couldn't even function as a church as we functioned before. He wanted us to stop and seek him for the new because he has a new wine skin. And, you know, and, 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 and new wine for us to drink in this hour. And that new wineskin is a new way of functioning together individually and corporately with the Lord. That new wineskin requires us to enter into the transformational marriage supper of the Lord. That wineskin, that new kingdom wineskin, it, it, it requires a people who, are, who will become one with the Lord, married with the Lord in the deepest way possible. That's why he's standing at the door. Think about it. In the book of Revelation 3.20, he's standing outside of the church. And he's knocking to get in. You, well, I thought Jesus was already in. He, he, was, he is in us as we've known him as the Alpha, as the Alpha God. But he's standing in the door, book of Revelation as the Omega God. And he wants to come in and reveal his finishing work to us. See, that's a divine intervention, that finishing work. He wants to come in and complete us, change us, and bring us into the full stature of full-grown sons personally. That's why that, that in Revelation 3.20, it's not a cry to the churches. It's an individual cry, which is as if any man, see, that's you. If any man can hear my voice, see, that's the key. If any man can hear my voice, you have to respond to it. And that's what he's saying in second, second, uh, Song of Solomon chapter 2. He's calling out and he's expecting a response. Most of the church and most of the church leaders have not responded to that call. They haven't heard that call, or if they heard it, they didn't understand what it meant. They didn't understand the purposes of God, or they just wanted to go back, waiting to go back to do business as usual and continue to work for the Lord on this horizontal plane. But Jesus at the end of the horizontal stands right here, right here. It's right here. He's standing and he's knocking at this door and he's waiting to see who can hear. Because those that can hear are going to hear his voice differently as the voice of a war trumpet, as in Revelation chapter 1. And because his voice will be so different, rise up, my love, come away. Rise up, my love, my fair one, come away with me. They will hear that, 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 that sound of, his, of that trumpet voice that lifts you out of the natural, lifts you out of the ordinary, lifts you out of the natural realm into the spirit realm. It lifts you up out of the natural realm, you know, into the, into the, spirit, into the spirit realm of God. And that's why he's standing knocking. He's waiting to see who's going to respond. Are you one that's going to respond? Have you responded to that knock on, on your door? Are you seeking the Lord in a new way, in a deeper way? Is the Lord burning in your heart with a deep fire and flame of passion for him and love for him? I, have you had a desire within you to put everything away as you've known it to be and realize I am not where I was? This is a completely new time and that I really need to be closer to God than ever. I need to, I can't move without him. I can't breathe without him. I can't walk without him. I can't talk without him. If that's within you, then you most likely have responded to that knock on the door of Revelation 3.20. <clears throat> if you sense in your spirit that God is moving you, and that you've been in a time of transition from 2020. You're not sure where you're supposed to be. Maybe you thought about moving, you know, maybe who you're fellowshipping with, where you're going. If all those things are stirred up within you, that's probably a good, good idea that you're responding. If you just feel that a burning presence within you, like I, I got to put off this corruptible to put on the incorruptible, that there's a desire in you to be completed and finished. 
and you know that there's no way in your human efforts you can ever come into maturity on your own. You can never finish yourself on your own. So you've clung to the Lord like this and you're holding on to him and you're seeking his face and you're seeking his heart and you're seeking his desires and you've given the Lord the totality of your being and you're ready to go wherever God wants you to go at a moment's notice and you're living more and more for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is becoming more real within you and seeking first his kingdom of seeking first the king and the kingdom is burning in you, then you're probably ones that are hearing that call to rise up. Come away with me, my beloved, because this call brings a change to your spiritual life. This call brings a change in your spiritual direction of where you're walking. You can no longer be satisfied with going to church or doing work for the Lord or, or doing ministry for the Lord. I'm not saying you don't do those. I'm just saying they don't satisfy you. They can't complete you. There's something more. There's a more to come up and to see him. There's a desire to look at his, in his face as a mirror so that you can constantly be changed from glory to glory. To you, these broadcasts are for. That's why I'm doing them. They're not for everyone. They're there for the, the, these broadcasts the writings, our website, and all this work God has asked me to do is for a particular people, this remnant of God that's ready to rise up into a new place, into a new positioning of the Lord, so that we can rightly understand what the Lord is doing. To most in the church, this message I'm speaking, I'm going to sound like a duck. I'm quacking. They're not going to understand it. When I talk about the difference between the church age and the kingdom age, and, uh, and when I talk about changing the structure of how we gather together, it's like a foreign concept. They can't, they can't yet see it. They can't yet receive it. It's not that they're bad people. It's not that they don't love God. They just don't have the ability to hear. They have eyes to see, but they can't see. They have ears to hear, but they can't hear. They have hearts to understand, but they can't understand. So it's, there's a dullness. In the church age and the church, the church age mixture of flesh and spirit has dulled the spiritual senses of leaders, of FIFO ministers in many cases, and of the church. It's dulled our senses. Why? So that we can't discern the time and the season we're in. We can't discern or hear that voice. Or if we hear the voice, we don't know what it is. And so instead of going further to find out what, what, who's speaking to us, we stop and we go back to what we know. We go back to the familiar. We go back to what we've always done. And we continue to live yesterday just like we did as if we were in 2019, but we're not. We're in a brand new day. 2020 changed everything. I, I, you know, isn't it, isn't it prophetic that the Lord chose 2020 and March 2020? You know? To close, to allow everything to be closed down. You know, 2020, think about what, what, what do you need? What's perfect vision? 20 what? 2020. So you think about it. 2020, the year God shut everything down so that his church could begin to get the right vision of his kingdom unfolding on the earth that you and your family would get the right understanding of the vision of the kingdom of God. It is so important right now, beloved, that you understand and that we understand the kingdom of God reality. What is God saying to us? What does God have for us? We cannot live as we lived yesterday. We can't go through the motions. You can't talk to your kids the same. You can't talk to your husband the same. You can't talk to your wife the same because we are not where we were. This is a time that God wants to prepare us and position us and propel us. And we've got to embrace that calling. We got to hear that voice come up here, come up here. John was in the, in the spirit on the Lord's day and he heard that voice of the war trumpet. We've got to become that voice of the war trumpet and we've got to declare what the war trumpet is saying, that it's a new day and a new time. I can't imagine, okay, having dinner with your kids 
having like we just had a birthday party, you know, and you know, with the kids and not being able to share with them the new day. I know I've shared with every one of my children and even with my grandchildren. We are not where we are. It's a new day. It's a new day of seeking. It's a new day of finding. And we can't live like we are yesterday. That doesn't mean you don't go to work. That doesn't mean you don't wash the dishes. It just means our heart is being prepared and positioned for a new realm of God's glory, a realm of being married with him, where we become one with him, so intimate, so personal with him, that we're able to function with him and we're able to do exactly and only what he would want us to do, what the father would want us to do together upon the earth. That's what's happening right now. And, it, and for us to enter into that reality of God's glory, the glory realm, the glory functioning, we've got to be able to hear the call to come. And that call to come requires us to turn aside from everything we've ever known. 2020 was our Moses moment. Yes, it was. In 2020, there was, there was a, Mo, a Moses moment. Now, some kept are keep going around the mountain. But for those of you that understood what 2020 was about, that moment was for us to turn aside to see what Jesus as the burning bush. With Moses for 40 years was pastoring the flocks, but God was about to send him into his destiny. He was about to fulfill his destiny. He was about to deliver his people out of Egypt. And for that to happen, Moses, who pastored for 40 years of the flocks, had to turn aside to see this great sight. He had to turn from what he was doing, where he was going, to see this bush that was on fire but not consumed. That's what 2020 was. But our word was burn the ships. We had to turn aside that, that, that our, our, our ships of our old church ministries, our old church functions and structures, our old life of living as a Christian had come to an end. And so we had to burn the ships like Moses did. He never went back to pastoring the flocks from this point on. Once he had this divine visitation of the Lord, you know, and meeting of the Lord and the Lord reveals to him who he is. He says, I am that I am that the, the place you're standing is holy ground. And he stands in that place and he hears God's voice in a new way. He gets his directions. He gets his instructions and he gets sense. That is exactly the moment we have entered in in this end times. We have come to our burning bush moment in 2020. And in that burning bush, we had to take the shoes off our feet because we are standing in a new place on holy ground. We have entered in to the glory realm of the Lord. And you can't go in there with your shoes on because your shoes represent the world. So we come in there barefoot. And we come into that place naked and unashamed before the Lord. We get our, we get new clothing in Zechariah. We get, the Lord removes our filthy garments and he puts a new turban on our head and closes us with rich apparel, uh, rich apparel so that we can stand in the presence of the Lord to hear a present word of the Lord, to hear the present directions and the instructions of the Lord as being one with him so that we can function in oneness. I've said this before, that glory, the glory of God is oneness and oneness is glory. To walk in the glory realm, to function in the glory realm, it requires this deep intimacy. And that's what Revelation is all about, to bring us into that deepest intimacy so that we can be prepared and positioned and propelled with the glory. So it requires us in Revelation 1 and 2 to repent, change, and overcome. Why? In Revelation 3, 21, to he that overcome, I give him the right to sit down on my throne as I sat down next to my father on his throne. There's an overcoming that's required to bring us into the spiritual position. And that overcoming begins with the ability to see and the ability to hear. The ability to hear what? Come up, arise up my love, rise up my love, my fair one, come away with me. 
Isn't it interesting? In Isaiah 60, we hear that same word, arise and shine. See, there's a requirement to arise up out of the natural, out of the natural realm that we've lived in. Even the church natural realm, to come up into the spiritual realm, to come up and to be seated with him in heavenly places where we can begin to see, hear, and function with the instructions of the Lord that come with a new level of dominion, power, and authority we have never known and never experienced before. That's what we're being prepared for, beloved. But it requires something of you. Change. Repentance, change, and overcoming. And the more that we can see where we need to repent, the more the Holy Spirit's able to show us to truly repent, we can truly change. What does repent mean? Change your mind and heart to meet the will of God. That's what it means. And so when we repent and change, it's in the change that God causes us to come up. Because now we can see. He shows us what's hindering us from coming up. We repent of those things. And now we're in a position where we can stand before him like John did on the island of Patmos in Revelation chapter one, where he hears the voice of Jesus differently. It's a different voice. His voice is speaking very differently today because it's a war trumpet. Now, why does he describe the voice of Jesus as a war trumpet? Because we are in a time of war. The clash of the ages is here. And so he, cannot, he can no longer speak to us as the alpha God. We can't just hear him as the God that wants to heal you baptize you, restore you, uh, deliver you. We've heard that and we recognize that voice and we know that voice. But to overcome in this age, we have to hear the other side of his voice, the lion side. We've heard the lamb of God's side, but now we got to hear the lion. We need to hear the roar of the lion of Judah. We need to understand the roar because the roar is going to be filled with instructions and blueprints and directions because the, because the Lord is going to be ahead of his army and he's going to utter his what? His roar, his voice before his army. And in Joel chapter two, it says, great is that army. I said, great is that army that's able to execute. What does that mean? Execute means release that word. When, we, when it talks about us overcoming and being overcomers and ruling over the nations with a rod of iron, that's the word of God. We're able to rule over the nations with Jesus by the rule of by the word of God because we've received the word of God, Jesus Christ. We received the physical word of God living in us, and now we're hearing the spoken word of God, the instructions of God, the plans of God, the purpose of God of the Father. So we're able to rule with Him over the nations by the rod of iron. Because when we speak, we won't be speaking our own words. We'll be speaking the very word that we hear from Jesus. And every word that Jesus spoke happened when he said, well, woman, take up, man, take up your bed and walk. That man instantly took up his bed and walked. When he spoke to the storms, they ceased, didn't they? When he walked on water, he was able to do it. Why? By the glory of the Lord, by his oneness with the Father, by the obedience of the Father's command, he was, he was able to overcome, overcome the elements, the things of the world, and he had total victory over it. And now, beloved, we're in the season of where that total victory is being revealed in us. That's why the flowers are appearing on the earth. Because they're receiving. Those that are coming up are receiving that double portion of the anointing, that miracle grow. So what is the critical word for today that you need to hear? Your husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, your aunts, your uncle in church. It's that God is calling us, come, all things are now ready. Remember in Luke 14, the master prepares a feast and he goes out to the invited ones. That's you. That's the church. And he says, and the servant says, come, all things are ready. I ask you this morning, are you responding to that?
And how is that affecting your life? Is it changing your life? Are your priorities different? Are your plans different? Are you talking differently? Are you speaking differently? Are you still just going to church on Sunday? Is the goal to go to church? Is the goal to hear a message? Is the goal to go out? And is the goal to go out and do all these outreach ministries? Is that the goal? Or is the goal now to be his, completely his, filled with his pure holy love, ready to do his will in an, in an instant moment, living fully for the purposes of plans of God, not you deciding what you want to do for God, not you deciding how you want to live for God, not you deciding how you want to work for God, but becoming so one with the Lord that you wouldn't even think about working for the Lord. You wouldn't even think about uh, uh, living for the Lord. You would no longer live for him. You would no longer work for him. You would live with him and work with him. That oneness is such a living reality within you that you've been married. You've been bought by a price. You belong to another. And so that bridal heart gets fully developed in all those that come up here. That bridal heart to be married with the Lord. And what does a bride, what should a bride have in her heart? To live to please her husband. To live and function for the needs of her husband. That's what a true bride should be. She doesn't see her own needs. She's not concerned about what her husband can do for her. She's living as a helpmate. As a helpmate, she's living for him. She wants to know his desires. She wants to know what he wants. And she wants to give the totality of her being just to please him and love him. She's not even concerned with her own life anymore. And that's the bridal, the, the final full-grown testimony in Song of Solomon. The, bride, the, the, the bridal testimony says, I am my beloved's. And his desires are towards me. Notice there's no self-life in that anymore. Her first testimony in Song of Solomon was, my beloved, my beloved is, is mine and I'm his. In other words, I need the Lord for all my needs. And as an afterthought, oh yeah, I, I, I belong to him. As he begins to woo her and draw her higher and higher into his presence and begins to change her, she begins to change her testimony because of the work and the dealings of the Lord in her life. And she, in the middle of Song of Solomon, she says, I am my beloved and he is mine. Now he's first, now seeking him, seeking his desires at first. But then she still needs him for her own desires and he's mine. That's the 60 fold. The first one I shared with you is the 30 fold. And most of us that have gone probably have come to the 60 fold reality. I'm the Lord's first, but I also need him for this. But he takes her deeper with a call. Come away, my love. Arise, my love. Come away with me, my fair one. Come and leap on the mountains with me. And as she comes into that deeper place of spiritual intimacy with the Lord, that deeper place of abiding in the Lord, her whole life changes. It's no longer about her needs. It's no longer about her wants. Why? Because she's an absolute trust in God. She trusts him. She already knows that he's going to provide all her needs. She doesn't have to seek him for her provision, for, for all these things, because he's already all of those things in her life. So now she can seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now she lives for his desires. Now she lives only to please him. And when a wife fully grows into her role as a, as a helpmate, She's not, she's not concerned about her own needs. She concerns about serving her husband, how to love her husband, how, what pleases him, what's his favorite meal, how can I serve him, how can I help him, be, how can I help him in, 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 in the natural life between husband and wife, how can I help him become everything God has created him to be? And when she can see his needs first, she's come to a mature place of that Proverbs, whatever, 33 wife, is that the chapter? Whatever it is. You know, that, that, that wife that, that we talk about in Proverbs. It's there, a husband can say, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. 
because now she's functioning as a wife. She's functioning as a helpmate. She's not concerned about her own needs. She's concerned for living for the needs of her husband. Now her husband has come to a place where he's now doing exactly what Jesus did, which is as husbands, love your wife as Christ loves his church and gave himself up for her, you know? And he washes her by the water of the word. A husband in his right mature place as a son of God sees the needs of his wife, provides for the needs of his wife, and gives his life up for her to help her become everything she created her to be. And out of that love that he's bestowing on her first, she now wants to respond in kind to become the wife that can please her husband and complete him. This is what we call the marriage supper of the lamb, where the two are in the place of mature love. Jesus is already already perfect love, but she enters into that place of perfect love. She enters into that abiding marriage relationship, that marriage shopping, and now he's able to change her by that love. He's able to reveal his love to her and who he is. So when we open that door and let him in in Revelation chapter 320, we're married to the king of glory. So can you imagine what that like, married to the king of glory, the Lord of hosts, the Lord strong and mighty? Can you understand now she has to receive a different revelation of royalty, of power, authority, and dominion, because that's who he is. And she's married to him like that. And that was the whole plan, because in that marriage, he can now work in her and with her, and together he can reveal his power, authority, and dominion. And he can subdue the earth in her and with her as he subdued it when he walked in a single body. He now can do it in his multi-membered body. All that he was in a single body, he now is in his corporate body, in his bridal company. And as she's completely surrendered to his will, not my will, but your will be done. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. That heart mentality positions her, prepares her to be propelled with the glory of the Lord. It positions us, propels, because she's heard, come up here. Because it's in the come up here, we get changed. It's the come up here where the Lord does the deepest work of operation of your life. That's why we're meeting him in the air. John is meeting him in the air and Jesus reveals his finishing power with eyes that are like, uh, the eyes are, uh, eyes are like fire, a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth, his face like the noonday sun, his hair is white as snow, filled with the wisdom of everything you need, his white robes of being your covering of absolute purity, the gold sash representing the quality of the spirit in, in your life, and his feet burning like an oven is here to refine you in this up here place where you where you have allowed him to come in as 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 the as the as as the destroyer yeah he comes in as a destroyer for this purpose the son of god was made manifest that he might what destroy see the works of the enemy so in this intimate relationship everything that's in you huh, everything that's kept you locked down all the chains that have kept you in bondage, all the fears, the doubts, the unbeliefs. When we come into this up here place, the fire of God, those fiery eyes, the burning manifested presence of the lion begins to roar within you. He roars within you and, and be, he begins to remove every spot, every blemish, every wrinkle, and he washes you by that water, that finishing water of God that's come to complete you, to be a full-grown son and a full-grown bride ready to do the will of the Lord and his end time purposes on the earth. That's what happens in the rise up. That's what's, that's why he's calling us come up here. So I can show you the things that come here after. 
These arising sons of God, these arising bride of the Lord are called up first into the second heavens to be completed and finished so that they can take their dominion and power and authority that we had in the garden back from Jesus. Jesus with us. He cast out the enemy, the accuser of the brethren that accused us day and night up here before God. He's cast down and we we put our feet up here in the spirit realm in the second heavens. And then like the man child in Revelation 12, our head is caught up into the glory realm where we now are able to hear the present word of the Lord, the present instructions of the Lord, all that God wrote about you in the book, all that he has plans for your life, for your family, for your loved ones, for your church and your ministry, are now able to be revealed to you by the seven spirits of God, the creator God, the fullness of the Godhead. And, and out of that river of life, we begin to hear the spirit of prophecy and we're filled with commanding words, words of a different kind, words that are filled with consequences, judgments, you know, a uh, spirit of burning, words that have to happen because they're not ours. They're not our mind. They're not our thoughts, but we're being revealed. The revelation of Jesus Christ becomes real within us and we begin to speak with him to the world. We begin to speak with him to, to our families, our loved ones in the churches. We speak to him in a new level, speak to them in a new level of authority, power, and dominion that must change things, that must transform things because wherever glory goes, it changes everything. This is a new positioning. This is a new placement and it requires a new preparation so that we can be propelled with the glory of God to go with the Lord Jesus so that he can utter his voice before us and we can execute, you know, the judgments that are written. What are the judgments? The voice of the Lord, whatever he says. That's what these broadcasts are about. That's why we're doing them so that you rightly understand this is what you're working in me, Lord, so that we don't get thrown off on, onto these side streams of busyness, which the church is caught up with. The church is so busy, they can't see God. And most of the church body is so busy with life and jobs and things, they can't hear or see God because they're consumed with the cares of the world. And in some places, the deceitfulness of the riches. What's it do? It chokes the word of, out so that they can't hear. So we're transcending into a new place, coming up into a new dimension of glory. And it says here, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Now, the first thing the Lord does in those that answer us, he has to tell you that the day is different. I have been saying this for three years, that maybe somebody will listen. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, I know you are. But when a new day, because look what it says, the winter, it tells us the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. I talked about that yesterday. That means the season of the church age of what we've done, the church age structure, how we do services, how we do meetings, how we gather together has changed. So when I, so when I write on my Facebook sometimes, how is last Sunday different than this Sunday? Okay, you preached a different message, but how's the structure different? How is the positioning of the people different? They sat down, they listened to the message, you prayed over them, you told them what you needed to do, what they needed to do. You had the worship time, you had the prayer time, you got them home for lunch, you got them home for dinner, you told them to come back on Sunday, you told them all the things that, you, that the church is supposed to do. And how is that different from last Sunday? Where did they get prepared and positioned to enter into the glory realm of God by doing those things? They can't. It's not because it's wrong. It's just that it's ended. That day had its purpose. That purpose has changed. The plans have changed. The position has changed. That's why the, the word repent means change. Change your mind. Change your heart. 
to meet the requirements of God. So therefore, there's no true repentance when we keep doing the same old, same old. Now, the bad part that I think is bad is that many who believe they're seeing kingdom light are staying in that structure, continuing to build that structure, beginning to do the same things, and they're painting it over with paint and calling it kingdom. When it's really church age structure and function, speaking basically the same thing, but calling it kingdom. We just changed the name. But let me say this to you this morning. In the words of, uh, of, of, of I can't think of that, uh, of that commercial, Motorola, their, their motto back in the 60s was the quality goes in before the name goes on. Before we call it kingdom, the quality and the substance of the kingdom must be a living reality. That's why when I'm going to talk about divine convergences, a divine convergences changes the functions of our gatherings. They change the functioning because God has a higher purpose in our worship. God has a higher purpose in us than just coming to sing songs on Sunday morning. He has an intention of that pure worship. He has a power in that pure worship. He has revelation that needs to come from that pure worship. Power, authority, and dominion. Because the pure worship of God is where God inhabits. And he begins to reveal the, the singing of the birds and the sound of the turtle doves is heard. Without that pure worship. See, we have made the message the center of why we gather. Worshiping God is why we gather. Coming to meet God is why we gather. It is not about a message. That is the old school. That's the old wineskin. That's what we built in the name of God, that the message that, that, that we're bringing to, that, to the people are the centerpiece of all of our Christian life and activity. Now, if you would be honest, I wonder how many people actually go back and listen to the message. I wonder how many go back and read their notes from what they have, or if they can even remember what the message was about. You know, because we got them so message centered, we got them so seat centered, sitting centered, and we got them so sitting centered. Then we get mad when they don't work. We get mad when they don't come to every service. We get mad when they don't do all the things that we told them that they're supposed to do. Why do we get mad? Why do we have to keep harping on all the things that they're not doing? The reason why we have to do that is because we taught them to work instead of be. We taught them to work hard instead of become something in the Lord. And the very few of them know how to find God, hear God, see God. They're not in a position because you're not in a position to hear the Lord say, come up here. The work is your, your priority. The work is what you're married to. The work has become the centerpiece of your relationship with God instead of God and his pure holy love and his presence and appreciating his manifested presence as being the centerpiece of your life, of being with the Lord. And so we have a generation of Christians that are workers. They're servants, but they're not friends. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. But I call you friends. Why? Because servants do not know what their master's doing. And that can include Bible ministers. They're servants of the Lord, but they're not friends of the Lord. Friends requires a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. Friendship requires intimacy, marriage, oneness with the Lord. It's his friends he's going to show his glory to. It's his bride he's going to reveal his glory to. And cover her in that glory. His sons are going to be covered with that glory. They're going to be filled and covered with that glory so that they can transform the earth with the Lord. They will follow him wherever he goes. They'll go exactly where he tells them to go. They'll do only exactly what he tells them to do. They'll speak only and exactly what he tells them to say. And it will happen. And the witness of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy will be seen because it will become the testimony of Jesus. They'll be able to see that Jesus was in the room when you worship. Jesus is here. When you speak 
speak and people, you release that word, they're going to see Jesus, not you. They're not going to see your calling card. They're not going to say, hey, that's apostle so-and-so's ministry. They're going to testify of Jesus. They're going to speak about Jesus, not about you, not about us, not about our ministries, but they're going to speak and testify of the one who sent them. The one who sent me, these are not my works, Jesus said, but these are the works of the the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen him. He took no glory for himself. John the Baptist didn't take any glory from himself. When they asked him who he was, he didn't say, oh, by the way, I'm John the Baptist, prophet of the a prophet of the nation. Here's my business card. Why don't you come to my meetings? He didn't say anything. There was no meeting mindset in him. There was no title mindset in him. When he spoke, they asked him who he was. He didn't even identify himself, but only he identified himself the way God sees him. I am a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. He was a witness of God. He was a witness that was sent. He was the forerunner sent to prepare a way for Jesus's coming. He functioned that way because of his relationship and his intimacy with God that he was set apart for the Lord. He was able to become the representative of the Lord because we're not set apart of the Lord. What are we representing? Our church, our ministries? Or are we representing the Lord? And what he's doing. There are many who have been in church for years who are recognizing this call. And if the pastors and the leadership do not recognize that call and they continue to go that way, the Lord will begin to speak to them to come up and arise. And they have. And they entered into a new realm of glory, a new relationship with Lord. And many pastors look at them. And they say, man, that, that person's out there. They're always in prayer. They're always, I mean, why don't they come and do the chicken dinner with us or go out on the streets of evangelism? Well, they've done all that. It's not that they don't want to do all that. They're just being set apart right now for a new placement of the Lord. And they evangelize when God sends them to evangelize. And they prophesy when God sends them to prophesy. They're not disobedient to the Lord. But they've been called out for such a time as this. An end time army, a people within a people, a church within a church. I said this the other the other day. Out of the five thousand that got fed the, the miracle food, five hundred were at the were called to the day of Pentecost. Out of the five hundred, only one hundred and twenty stayed in long enough. Out of the one hundred and twenty, twelve became pillars to begin to build the church. Out of the twelve, three got a deeper revelation of God's glory in the Mount of Transfiguration, and out of the three was one was able to be the first overcomer that we see in the New Testament in Revelation chapter one, because he's now able to see the lion and the lamb. He's able to hear the trumpet voice of the Lord. He's able to see the things which are to come. He's able to get the understanding of the condition of the church. And he's able to bring a message, a word in season to the seven churches throughout church history. So that at the end of the age, we would see where we are, know where we are and be able to repent, change and overcome. And in that repenting and changing and the overcoming is a call to rise up. 2020, that's what it was. We, could, we had a choice, go this way horizontally or come up. We either burn the ships of our life as we've known them to be, which is what real repentance is. Change your mind. Stop doing what you're doing. 2020 was a wake-up call to bring repentance. Because in Revelation Chapter 319, the last word to the church age is to repent. I, I don't know if you heard that. He's calling the church in the last days to repent of what? All the sin that's in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. That's what you need to repent of, change your mind of, uh, overcome it, and overcome it so that you can be positioned to rule and reign with him. You can be positioned to eat 
from the tree of life in the midst of the garden. You so you can be positioned to eat the hidden manna, that you positioned to become a pillar in the temple of your God, to get a new name in a white stone, the name of the city of our God, to be able to overcome, to be kept safe in the hour that's coming upon the earth, to overcome and to be able to rule the nations with a rod of iron, to overcome, to be able to be seated with him on his throne, even as his father's overcome. So there is a message of overcoming. And, and, and it's of overcoming in our own personal life. And to do that, you got to rise up to a new place to see Jesus as he is today, to hear the voice of the war trumpet. If you are hearing the voice of the war trumpet, how is that different from the voice that, that's still speaking in the church age? The voice that's speaking in the church age of the ministers is the same message of, 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 of and destination, of salvation, win the lost at all cost. And they're still going in that direction. There's no other option. There's no other revelation. And the baptism and the gifts of the spirit. That's as far as we come. In the church age, we come into the outer courts to be saved. We come into the holy, holy place to be baptized. And in that place, we have lived and lived for 2,000 years. But 2020 brought the revelation of that the, it is a new day. And we are to enter in behind the veil into the glory realm. Because in the glory realm, we enter into the kingdom age revelation, the kingdom age understanding, the kingdom age positioning. All that the kingdom is going to be and unfold on, on the earth, and including making a new heaven and a new earth, comes from this place up here. It doesn't come from the outer courts. It doesn't come from the holy place. It comes from the glory realm. So those that are hearing this rise, come up, my love. Rise up, my love. Let me read it again. Rise, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. Why? Why are we called to do this? Because the winter's past, and the rain is over and gone, and the flowers are now appearing upon the earth, which means the full-grown suns are beginning to bloom. That is a season. We can't miss this season. You've got to open up your mouth and tell your husband and your wives and your children and your grandchildren now this season. That's why I'm doing these broadcasts. I hope you listen to them. I hope that you that, that, that you, you can glean from them. But more than that, that the Holy Spirit is imparting to you, the Lord himself is imparting to you this transformational marriage supper of the Lamb reality so that you can rise up and come away with the Lord. We are not called to go back to do church as usual. We don't even fit into that model. If you answer that call, you will never fit into that church structure. I'm sorry, you won't. And many of the apostles today want to go back to the book of Acts and rebuild that structure. You won't fit into that structure because we're not going backwards. We're going forward. What's unfolding before us is the 66th book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Everything that's going to unfold is ahead of us, not behind us. And the and the church function, its placement, the fivefold ministry has to adapt now and come up here. It has to rise up and come up into a higher realm of existence, a higher realm of kingdom reality. It has to, because if it doesn't, it's gonna when what gets released on the earth gets released, they will not be able to win. They're gonna be chased by the dragon in Revelation twelve. They'll get wings so that they can escape her but they're going to be chased. The man-child, the bride that's married to the Lord, the overcomers, the man-child company, the full-grown sons, they are not chased. They're overcoming. They're walking in victory, power, authority, dominion, not by their own authority, but they're filled with it. They're filled with the victory of Jesus. They release the victory of Jesus that will transform the kingdoms of this world into the kingdoms of our God in Christ because they're in a different place. They have a different work within them. 
because they heard a different message. The kingdom message is a message of preparation. The, the church message is a message of salvation. And we needed that. But the Lord knew there was a time where everything was going to change. Where now that all that he showed Daniel, all that he showed Ezekiel, all that he showed Moses and the prophets before us are now coming into our last days, an end time intervention, a change upon the earth. And that's what the many of the ministers are not preparing people for. And they're wondering why people aren't coming back to church, even though they, the, the COVID things have been lifted. Why are they not coming back? Because it's easier to watch you on television than it is to go. And, and, you, and, and, and it's easy to blame them. But think about it. We made them sit, seat sitters. We didn't let them function. We didn't let them function in our gatherings. Maybe your church is so big you can't go. Yes, you can. You can God can move in big and little. When they gather together in Jerusalem, the, the Holy Spirit moved. The, the, the prophetesses prophesied. Prophets prophesied. Yeah, it can happen. And large or small, size doesn't matter for the Lord. But because we taught them to sit and take notes. We taught them to do activities. Now, the activities, they may be afraid, filled with fear of COVID, new strains, this and that, so they can't go out. So the numbers are less going out, less coming to the church, which means the finances have dripped and stopped because people at home are less likely to pay their tithe or offerings if they're not in there. So we have a we have a, a series of problems with the body of Christ because of what COVID did. But there was a response to it. And that response was to burn the ships. And to come out to arise, my love, my fair wife, and come, my fair one, fair one, and come away with me. There was a call to rise up, to bring the church up, to teach them how to go up. Remember what I said yesterday? If you go up, you grow up. If you grow up, you go up. So the maturity of the Lord, the finishing work of the Lord, we find in Revelation chapter one, two, and three. That's the, those final, those first three chapters are the finishing work that will cause us to go up and grow up. So that we can be positioned to be a pillar in the temple of our God. So that we are positioned to rule the nations with a rod of iron, which is the word of the Lord out of our mouth. That takes a change of heart, a change of direction, a change of priorities, an absolute helplessness, and an absolute dependence upon the Lord. And as a mature bride, we now live for the function of our mature husband. When a bride is Fully a bride, a wife as a full bride, she's living only for the needs of her husband. She has put him first. Not equal. I really hate that, which, which, which is a lot of a lot of what the church psychobabble taught him. You're both equal. You are equal in the spirit. There's no Greek, there's no Jew, there's no male, no female. We can all hear the Lord. We can all function in the Lord. But there is a different authority and position of a man than of a woman, of a husband as a wife. I don't care how they want to change it in the world. I don't care how they want to change it in the church. It doesn't change. It's an authority structure. But it's an authority structure rooted in perfect love. His perfect love for us. And now we perfectly respond back to him in love. He gave us his complete life. We are willingly now giving up our life and our rights to him. The more a husband demands his rights, you know, the more a wife can't can't give her give him what she, what he needs, because now she's going to give him what she needs, and so there'll always be this a little bit of contention. The iron will sharpen iron. 
But when the wife is truly giving herself to the husband and the husband is truly giving himself to the wife fully, there becomes a unity and a pure worship is exchanged. Yeah, a pure worship. What's that worship? As the father loves the son and the, loves the, the son loves the father. That's perfect worship together. They love each other that much that is called worship. And when we love, love the Lord with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, isn't that worship? Isn't that the first commandment? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Boy, it's really hot in my room. I forgot to turn my fan on. <laughs> Burning. Ooh. I don't know if anybody else is. So a bride, when she fully gives herself to her husband, she's giving her totality of her being to perfect love. Perfect love is giving the totality of his being to the one that he loves, his bride. And the two become one. And this is a mystery, Paul writes in Ephesians, of Christ in the church. That a man shall leave his mother and father, and he shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. That's why Satan hates this relationship, marriage, more than anything. That's why he's changed the definition of marriage. But he's gone beyond that. Now he's changing the definition of a man and a woman. Why would he want to change the definition of a man and a woman? Because in that proper place and placement, they walk in authority, power, dominion. So why wouldn't he try to cause us to believe that a man's not a man, a woman's not a woman. You can pick who you want to be. You can do what you want to do. You don't even have to be married anymore. Why? Because in the marriage of a man and a woman right before God is the picture of God's kingdom, power, authority, and dominion. The two shall become one. And they serve each other. And together they serve the Father as one. They live together to do the Father's will and the pleasure. That's beautiful. That reality only comes if you can hear that war trumpet voice. And what is it? Arise, my love, my fair one, come away with me. In Revelation chapter um, one, he hears that voice differently. As a, That's the bridal side. He hears it as a sun side. He hears a voice calling out from behind him. And when he turns aside to see, okay, then he sees. Notice John had to turn aside to enter into the new. Notice Moses had to turn aside to enter the new. Moses was about to receive the breath of life as he entered into that place standing before that bush that was on fire, not consumed. He was going to enter into the very breath of life and the word, the Lord God was going to speak to him out of that burning bush. That's why I have it on the on our website. I have a little thing on the bottom of our website, that little um, uh, that little burning bush. It's there for a reason. It's a prophetic sign of the turn aside to see that's necessary for us to enter into kingdom reality and dominion, authority, and power. There's a turning aside. 2020, turn aside. That was our burning bush moment. I burned the ships. Don and I, we burned the ships. I don't know what God wants. We told Lord, if we need to move from here or if we need to stay here, we'll do whatever you want. We'll go where you want us to go. We told our kids, you know, that they need to start realizing that we're going in this direction. They have needs, you know, and my, 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 my purpose is not to meet the needs of my children. It's not. My, 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 my purpose is to meet the needs of my God first. My kids are big now. That's what I'm saying. When they're little, of course, I have to meet the needs of my kids. That's different. Okay, but not before God, even even serving the Lord. He's first. And out of that relationship, then I'm able to minister to my children. 
But now that my children are adults and they have their own families, my purpose is not to live, you know, for them. It never was. It was to live for God. And I have to tell them, I can help you as God allows me to help you. But don't put, don't rely on us to be able to, you know, to, to do these things. We will as God leads us. But God may send us in a moment's notice. We may need to go. You need to be ready for that. And we need to keep ourselves free from the entanglements of those things. And God has been doing it. He's been establishing my children and the, my grandchildren and their families, families. And we relate to them in a loving way. We have fun with them. We have good times with them as God allows us to have them. But they know that we are on that destination, Jesus. They know that we're on that destination, that we have burned the ships and they burn the ships. They see it. They know that they can't go back to life as usual. And they have to allow the Lord to work in them. And I, I, my, my, kid, my kids are preparing their children. They're telling them, we're not in this day. Even my, my little five-year-old grandson is learning about this is a new day of the Lord. He understands. I mean, you should see how he understands what's going on, even in our government, because his parents are teaching him that. And his parents are teaching them that we need to be prepared for what's coming. And so are my daughters. They're all doing that. My son's doing that with their kids. It's important. Why? Because we have to rightly understand the hour and the season that we're living in so that we begin to understand this is the moment. Because why? Because the flowers appear on the earth and the time of singing has come. That time of singing represents a pure worship. It's interesting that that worship, you know, um, the time of the singing of the birds has come and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. That worship is create is, is so important. The Lord is moving upon his people. A desire to worship the, the Lord as they did in David's tabernacle, where all the worship belonged to the Lord alone. If you were to go on our Facebook, we have an 18-year-old uh, young member of our team, Converge. And she wrote about what her generation of Christians is looking for. And you know, if you would read it, she says, we just want to worship the Lord radically. We want to pour our love upon the Lord radically and become all that God wants us to be. That's their desire. They have a desire to be and to function and become everything that God created them to be. Now, with that desire, and they go back into the old church age structure and system, what do you think happens to them in that structure, that holy place ministry? Where is the room for them to be what God created them to be? They can't stay as long as they want with the Lord. They can't minister to the heart of the Lord as long as they want. They can't talk to the Lord as long as they want. They can't hear the Lord as long as they want. They have to follow the formula. You know, it's no different than back in the old days of the Catholic Church where we had to kneel down, stand up, you know, do the sign of the cross. It was a ritual act of worship. And these new breeds and those of you that are calling out, that are answering that call to come, are a new breed of, 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 of believers that are coming into, uh, who are walking now as full-grown sons and daughters. And the first heart that gets established in those sons and daughters is the heart of worship, to truly, radically fall in love and worship the Lord. And they will go at any length. And they will go to any place to find the places where they can worship the Lord freely, where, they, 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 where the expression of what God made them can be seen. Nowhere in the present church structure, structure and the order that we have will able will be able to allow them to fit into that system and function. I don't care if you don't want to hear it or not. It's the truth and you need to hear it because as long as that holy place remains a recognized institution and is still standing, it blocks the true way into the Holy of Holies. And I'm going to show you that in a minute in Hebrews 9. <coughs> we were made to worship the Lord. 
And the sound, the singing of the birds represent a people that are coming out of the old system that are either worshiping the Lord at home, they're singing to the Lord a new song, they're ministering to the Lord. If the church where they're at won't allow that to happen, they're gonna find a place to go where they can. They're gonna find other believers where they can. They're gonna get connected together. <clears throat> this worshiping David's tabernacle, those that are called to function as a living, breathing David's tabernacle are coming together and they have one desire to meet the needs of God, to meet the needs of Jesus, their husband. They want to pour their alabaster box of oil upon Jesus's feet. They want to wash his feet with their tears and dry them with their hair as the expression of love. They want to come totally under his authority, power, and dominion. They want him to take their his headship over their life. They want to hear his voice. They want to know his will. They want to know his plans. And they want to be one with him and function with him. And if we stay in a system, in a function that has passed away, that has ended, they will never be able to grow. So they will never be able to go. They'll never be able to grow up and they'll never be able to go up in that system. And they won't go there. Those that are radically, they won't. They're finding their own fellowships together, which has some good signs and bad signs. They're meeting outside of your church walls because they're so hungry and desperate to meet God. They're so hungry to know the living God. They have within them the desire to burn for God, to burn in his presence, to be filled with his presence, and to live a completely different life than the Christian American dream church, Western American dream church. They want to live, they want to breathe, they want to function, and to them, Jesus is standing as a burning bush, and he's calling them and calling us to turn aside to see, and as we do, he begins to fill us with a breath of life and we become resuscitated hallelujah so that we can begin to function begin to hear i am that i am it is he isn't that what oh come on now go what is the voice that comes out of the burning bush I am that I am. What is the voice that speaks as a war trumpet? I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. Write down what I tell you. The I am Jesus is revealed to us in a brand new way. The I am is seen with eyes of fire. The I am has hair as white as snow. The I am has a face that's burning like the noonday sun. The I am has seven stars of seven churches in his hands. The I am has a white robe and a gold sash and burning feet. The I am, that burning one, is standing before John and it changes him. He begins to experience as an overcoming the reality of the glory of the kingdom of God. And this generation is the generation that will seek him in Psalm 24 because they're coming up the mountain of the Lord with clean hands and a pure heart. They want the Lord. I remember at one of the convergences in Plymouth is we were, we were, ministering to the Lord, but my generation was more like it's still in the old soaking service. And, then, and, and it, it got really awful. And Donna said, this is about to be a train wreck. She texted me. I said, I know it. I'm just waiting on the Lord for what to do. And so all of a sudden I just said, is this what we want? Is this what we really want? Is this what we came for to have another soaking service? And then this young lady cried out, no, this is not why we're here. I will never stay here. I will never be satisfied with this. And then all the young adults begin to say, we will never be satisfied with this. We are going deeper in the Lord. And the glory of God came and filled that 
that room and our generation began to repent and say, God, forgive us. And the Lord said to us, don't you remember when you were saved? You weren't content with business as usual. Look at the churches you grew up in. Why did you leave them? Why did you change? Why did you grow? Do you think it's going to be any less in this new generation that's arising up? You change. Let them change and get on board and get going with the Lord so that you can come up here, my love, my fair one. Come up here so we can leap upon the mountains so I can bring forth the revelation of Jesus Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, so that you can now understand how he functions. As he lives, you shall live. As I was in the world, so will you be in the world. Because we come past that outer court. We come past the holy place. And we've entered into the time behind the veil. We've come up here. The man child comes up to the second heavens and he meets Jesus there. And in that, the accused of the brethren gets cast down. The devil and his demons get cast down to this earthly place where we had. The place that where he's going to crawl on his belly. And these overcomers, these worshipers, these worshiping warriors are now taken up even higher into the very throne of God to go before the throne to hear the will, the power, the authority, dominion, purposes filling their lives. And they bring him the pure and holy worship of God. The song, do you understand what I'm saying this morning? The singing of the birds. Prophetic worship in the harmony of God is released. It's the key, that heavenly worship is the key, listen to me carefully, that unlocks the door of the heavenly realm for Zion. It's the key that releases the Zion, the glory of the Lord, that worship. So why would God tell me, Henry, I want you to have, I want you to have a meeting here. I'm gonna meet you there in the bar as your bridegroom king. And all I want you to do is no agenda, no guest speakers. I just want you to minister to my heart. I just want to want you to worship me. That was my only instructions. And now we've been across the country and we're about to come to, to Schenectady, New York. Why? Because of the burning bush. Because of Moses. Moses had to turn aside for a change to come. He never was the same when he went up to when he turned aside. When he looked into that burning bush, he was never the same. It was that day he became the deliverer God called him to be. That day he became exactly what God made him to be. Out of that hearing and seeing and knowing and be sent by the Lord. So will it be with this remnant people that will come up into that place to see him as that burning bush and worship him on that holy mountain. This is a generation that will seek his face. And they will hear that call in, in this particular section in Son of Solomon. The call of the bride is rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. The call further down. Uh, uh, the road will be come up here so I can show you the things the things that come at, come hereafter through that door standing open in heaven so there's a coming up praise the Lord now why is this critical how can I tell you how can I prove to you that it that the church age which represents the outer courts and the holy place has to come to an end Hebrews chapter 9 I want to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible we're going to wrap up with this today when God gave me this revelation, it, I can't even tell you, and worked this revelation in me, it absolutely changed everything. Let me put my Bible up here so I can read it. Get under the light here. Okay. Now, even the first covenant, um, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1, under the Amplified. Listen to this carefully. The first covenant had its own rules and regulations for divine worship. We know that. And David changed it, remember? 
It had a sanctuary, but of this world. For a tabernacle was erected in the outer division and compartment with the lampstand, the table with its loaves of showbread set forth. This portion is the holy place. Now notice what he's doing here. But in the Hebrews, he's talking to the Hebrew Christians and he's going to contrast the difference of life and ministry from the holy place, which represents the church age, to the holy of holies ministry, which represents the kingdom age. Okay. It said, but inside the second curtain of Baal, there stood another tabernacle known as the Holy of Holies, verse 3, verse 4. In that place was a golden altar of incense, which represents prayer, and the ark, the chest of the covenant, over, over with, with gold. This ark contained a golden jar which held the manna, the rod of Aaron that sprouted, the two, two stone slabs of the covenant bearing the Ten Commandments. Above the ark and overshadowing the mercy seat were the representation of cherubim, winged creatures, which were the symbols of glory. We cannot go into details about these things now. These arrangements having thus been made, the priest enters habitually into the outer division of the tabernacle in his performance. Have these arrangements thus been made, the priest habitually, I want you to listen to this, this is the holy place ministry, enters in to the outer division, which is the holy place of the tabernacle, in performance of their ritual acts of worship. Ritual acts of worship, holy place ministry. I can guarantee you, I can pick any church this Sunday, Wednesday, and there will be a ritual act of worship, an order of service, a time frame of what's gonna be done, what we're gonna do, and what's expected, with the highlight being the message. And we've done that for 2,000 years. And thank God for it. Thank God that God met us there. Thank God we got saved there. Thank God we got healed there, delivered there, filled with the, with the Holy Spirit there. I'm not speaking against it. I'm just showing you a change of day. It had its function. But there's something greater and there's something more. And those of you who are burning for the more of God, this reality comes in you and you begin to hear that war trumpet voice. Come up here. That war trumpet, arise, my love, my fair one. Come away with me. Why? Because the winter's over and the rain is gone. This is a new season. You're entering into a new day. And so what does that new day look like? It says, but into the second division of the tabernacle, none but the high priest goes. See, that's important because you can't go into this new day under the Levitical priesthood. And I consider the Levit Levit Levitical priesthood ministry of what? your choir, your worship team, your function, all that you do and, and that we've done in services as part of that. They can go into that holy place. They can minister the Lord there. They can operate in the gifts of the spirit, the baptism of the spirit, be saved in that place. But only the high priest can go behind the veil. And Jesus is our high priest. It says, and he's ever living to make intercession. So the ministry of Jesus that we receive as a bride is his priesthood, his high priesthood ministry. When we enter in as a bride and we pour our love upon him and that radical love that that young lady wrote about, they just wanna radically love the Lord, allows Jesus to share his high priestly ministry with them. And that high priestly ministry is the ability to hear, to see, and to know the Father's heart, the Father's will, and the Father's mind 
concerning the earth and mankind, including you and your family. That high priestly ministry brings us into direct union with the Lord so that he can show us what we truly need to release what we really need to see what we really need to see, to hear what we really need to hear, to know what we really need to know so that we're prepared in position. And then as a king and as a son, we're able to release through prayer, through speaking and declarations, the word of God so that it would manifest on the earth. That's the high priestly ministry. And notice he's only able to go in once a year, you know, and never without taking the sacrifice of blood with him, which he offers for himself and for the sins of the people. Jesus is that high priest and he went in once and for all. And now we can come what boldly to the throne of grace, right? To receive mercy in our time of need because his blood opened the veil. You know what happened on, in the natural when he died and gave up the spirit, the veil was torn in two. It was opened on the earth in the natural tabernacle of Jerusalem. And we were called to enter into that reality. Now, in the church age, some have entered into that veil. Most of the time, we've gone in, we come out. We go in, we experience the Lord, and we change, and then we come out, we go to church, and we do the church work. But after a while, we begin to really understand, I need to be here. I need to live here. This is where I belong. And this other stuff is not where my life is. This is the work of God, but this is God. This is the work of God, but this is God. This is the work of God here in the holy place in the outer parts. But I want God who's behind the work. And when that begins to burn in you, you desire to come up. I need to get wrapping this up here sh shortly here. Praise God. But glory to God. He's so good to us. Thank you, Lord. But anyways, it goes on to say, um, but into the second partition, none but the high priest go, but he only once a year. Well, and he takes the sacrifice of blood with him, which he offers for his people. Now, listen to verse eight, because these next few verses are powerful, but this is probably the most important part about why we have to come out of the church age into the kingdom age. The church age represents being saved, being baptized with the Holy Ghost, the operation of the spirit, the work of the ministry. And it's God, but it's mixture in that there's flesh and spirit. Once we enter behind the veil, no flesh can enter the, into the, no flesh can glory in his sight. In that place, we come empty. In that place, the Lord has to remove our filthy garments. Joshua, the high priest, is standing before the Lord in Zechariah chapter 3, and he's got filthy rags on and filthy clothes. And normally, if the high priest went in there in the natural, he would die. He'd be pulled out. But it's a picture. Because of his garments that he's wearing before the Lord, Satan, the accuser, is there to stand and accuse him, representing us the whole time. And then the Lord says, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, get out of here. And he has to leave. Revelation chapter 12, a war breaks out in heaven and, and Michael and the archangels cast him out of that second heavens and, and he's thrown down to earth. And that space in the air is now made for his overcoming people where Joshua is standing. And to stand in that place, he has to have what? A royal robes and a new turban on his head. And he's given a command, if you will hear my voice and do what I tell you to do, you're, you're, I will allow you to have access to me, access to those that stand before me in this glory realm. You got Maybe I'll talk about it tomorrow in, 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 in uh, Zechariah chapter three and four. But I want you to understand. So when people ask you, where is this in the word of God? It says by this, verse eight, the Holy Spirit points out that the true way, by this, the Holy Spirit points out what? The ritual acts of worship, what we do Sunday after Sunday, Monday after uh, Wednesday after Wednesday, all that we do in the holy place, ritual worship, 
That's why I said, have we really changed? Is it really kingdom? If what we did on Sunday and Wednesday looks exactly like what we did the following one, we changed the message, different people spoke, but the structure's the same. The time frame's the same. What we're doing is the same. The people aren't able to function the same. All they're able to do is receive, 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 and never be able to give to give only under the orders of the head person that's doing it. Is that gonna cause us to become full-grown sons and daughters of God? No. But this, the Holy Spirit points out that the way Look at this, the way, Jesus is what? The way, the truth, and the life. And where is Jesus? He's seated on his throne next to his father's throne, on his father's throne as an overcomer. And he's inviting you to repent, change, and overcome so that you can sit with him next to him on his throne as he overcame and sat down on his father's throne. But this, the Holy Spirit points out that the way into the true Holy of Holies is not yet, look at, thrown open. The way in, okay, is not yet thrown open. Looking as long as the former, the outer portion of the tabernacle, the holy place, remains a recognized institution and is still standing. I'm not out of my mind, beloved. When I say this New Kingdom wineskin is nothing like the church age wineskin, it's right here. It does not fit. It cannot fit. It has come to an end. The, 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 the winter is over and the rain is gone. It's come to an end. And now, you know, the singing of the bird, the flowers appear. That's you. You're appearing, okay, as full-grown sons. And the singing of the birds of pure worship to God that releases the revelation of Jesus Christ, the pure worship of God that releases the plans and strategies of God, a prophetic, a spirit of prophecy is now able to come and fill these people, fill this gathering, Build this collection of believers and to fill you individually with the spirit of prophecy as you sing unto the Lord a new song. The book of Revelation says, sing unto the Lord a new song more than any other book in the Bible, just to let you know. And the singing is a, singing in the, in, the, in the book of Revelation represents an overcomer. It's an overcomer's position and it's an overcoming testimony. Over, the overcoming testimony is the ability to sing. Being not being an overcomer, you're crying, salvation, salvation. So there's two testimonies in the book of Revelation. A group of people who are just entering in by giving up their life in white robes, but they're crying where he has to wipe their tears away. And they their testimony is salvation, salvation. Do you see it? Do you see it? What what's what's the what's the church age message? Salvation, salvation. So you see, they make it in, but only as escaping by the fire. Everything they do, do is going to be burnt up. But there's another group of people that have a different testimony. They're singing Revelation chapter five, and what are they singing? He has called us out of every tribe and every nation, and he's purchased us with his own blood, and he has formed us into a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God, and we will rule and reign with him forever and ever. That's a new song. It's a positional song. So what you see speaking in the book of Revelations talks about spiritual position, church age, kingdom age, and where you are. Salvation, salvation, crying, okay, and 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 singing. He has formed us into a king of a kingdom of, of, of kings and priests that we can rule and reign with him. Why is that important? Why are they singing? Why are they crying? Because in that moment they're gonna see what they lost, because their whole life is gonna be burned up, as it says in 
1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's going to be tested by the day of fire, and they're going to find out that they only entered into heaven by escaping the fire. Thank God. But their life, they have nothing. The overcomers have a position by God because they paid the price. Many are called. The many are going to be crying. The few are going to be singing. Do you want to be a many or a few? That's the question. That's what these broadcasts are all about. But I want to repeat this to you. It says, by this, the Holy Spirit points out that the way into the true holy of holies is not yet thrown open. In other words, you can't see it. And so I asked the question, why can't they see it? They have eyes to see and can't see, ears to hear, and they can't hear, and hearts to understand, and they can't because their hearts have grown dull. Dull by what? Church activity, church business, trying to do the mixture of flesh and spirit. I'm going to work for God. I'm going to live for God. This is what we're going to do as a church, as a people. So it, it's it's partly God and partly them. And it, and it can only get them to this place. But it says, as long as that former outer petition of the tabernacle remains a recognized institution is still standing, listen to what it says in verse 9. Seeing that the first outer portion of the tabernacle, okay, this is powerful, the holy place, was a parable, a visible symbol or type of picture of this present age. So tell me it's not a new day. Explain to me how this hidden manna isn't real. We are in a new day. The, the, the winter is gone and the winter, winter is over and the rain is gone. Do you see it, beloved? It's a picture symbol of the present age and its gifts are, and sacrifices are offered. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, gifts and sacrifices are offered. But I wanna show you why this is so important because it cannot finish us. To finish us requires a change of day, a change of season, a change of seeing Jesus, a change of hearing Jesus as he is. The last book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ becomes a living reality in our life because that's where we are. And everything we're about to do, say and function has to come in alignment with the unfolding of the revelation of Jesus Christ to the earth, which transforms the kingdoms of this earth into the kingdoms of our God. And Jesus rules for a thousand years. It has to come. So we got to see differently, hear differently, understand differently, walk differently, talk differently. And with that old church age structure of the outer courts and holy place, we cannot see it because in it, ritual acts of worship are given. The same old, same old. It was necessary. Thank God for it. But, but everything's changed. Because it says, in it, gifts and sacrifices are offered. But yet, look at this. They are incapable of perfecting. That means maturing. The outer courts and the holy place ministries reaching the lost at all costs are incapable of perfecting the conscious, the cleansing, the perfecting, the renewing of the inner man of a believer as a full grown son. It's right here. All of those things, and you know it, don't complete you. They haven't yet and they never can. They brought us to this place, thank God, but we weren't supposed to stay in the second day. We had to enter into the third day kingdom reality because in it, Revelation 1 begins the entrance into the third day. John, the first overcomer, is in the spirit on the Lord's day, on the seventh day, on the third day of the church. And what does it say in Revelation chapter 1? What does he see? Revelation chapter 1. 
This is a revelation of Jesus Christ. God gave to him to his servants to know certain things which must shortly and speedily come to pass in their entirety. And he sent and communicated it through his messenger to his bondservant, John. And then it goes on. And this is John to the seven churches. Um, uh, yeah, okay. It says to John, the seven churches, may grace, God's unmerited favor be granted to you from him who was, who is, and is to come. And from the seven spirits of God before the throne. Does that sound like normal language to you? Is that the language we heard on Sunday? Is that the, and at our conferences, at our meetings, at our gathering? Is this what we're going to hear? Is this the testimony of Jesus Christ we're going to hear of, of him as the Omega God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and the end? Or is it still going to be the message that Christ, salvation, salvation, get your life together, you need to do this you need to be faithful to me you got to be a good worker in the church you need to be busy you need to, is that what we're going to hear which is what we heard in the first two days that got us here or we're we going to hear the new it says from jesus christ is faithful and trustworthy witness the firstborn of the dead the prince the ruler of the king of the earth to him whoever loves us and and once and for all loosed us and freed us by his sins by his blood this is what they sing in Revelation chapter 5. John testifies of what he's singing, of what they're singing. He, he loosed us forever and freed us from our sins by his own blood. And he's formed us into a kingdom of priests to his God and Father. To him be all the glory, power, majesty, dominion throughout the ages forever and ever. Notice where the kingdom, power, authority, and dominion are right here. Now I'll wrap up with this. He says, behold, he is coming with the clouds. And that's where we're meeting him spiritually. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth shall gaze upon him and beat their breasts and mourn and lament over him. That's when he reveals himself on the whole earth. Even so, it must be amen. And then he hears this. I am. What does Moses hear? I am that I am. I am. Now, if I were the Lord, and this was John, John that knew me, I would say, hey, me, hey, John, it's me, but he doesn't. He says, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord. He who is, who was, and is to come, the Almighty, the ruler. I, your brother, companion with you in tribulation in the kingdom and patient endurance, was on the isle called Patmos on account of the word of God and for the testimony of, of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit, wrapped up, come up here on the Lord's day, come up here. That was today's word to you. We need to arise up and come away with him and we give ourselves, say, Lord, take me up, draw me, Lord. We will run after you, oh, King, bring me into your chambers. I was in the spirit, wrapped up in his power on the Lord's day. That's what happens when you come up here. You get wrapped in his power. When you give him that pure, holy, radical worship of the Lord, we're lifted up out of the natural into the spirit, into that realm of glory where I am that I am can reveal himself to us. And saying, I am the alpha, the omega, the first and the last. Write down promptly what you see. Write down what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. And then when he hears that voice, listen to what happens. Then he says, then I turned to see who was the voice speaking to me. That's what this generation that will seek his face wants. They're the ones. What does it mean to turn aside to see? Lift up your head, O ye gates. Lift up your head, you age abiding doorways, and do something. Let 
the king of glory come in. That's exactly what's happening here. He's going behind the veil into the very flame of God's presence. He's standing in the fire. He's standing in the glory. And the I am that I am is shining there, showing himself as that consuming fire. And in that fire, the voice is speaking to him in a different way, in a different manner that's going to complete him and change him and transform him. We cannot stay down here in the holy place anymore. We cannot stay down here in the outer courts. We've got to go behind that veil that has been torn into into the very flame of God's burning presence so that we can be changed from glory to glory. He says, saying, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. Then I turned to see who was the voice. Who was the voice speaking to me? I'm turning. I saw seven golden lampstands. When I turned around, I saw something different. Does this sound like church age ministry to you? Is this what was presented to the church this Sunday and this Wednesday? How are they being prepared for kingdom life and kingdom reality when we're only messages of salvation, salvation, salvation? That's the crying testimony of those that don't overcome. They overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony to be saved, but their life is not an overcoming life. They may have even worked hard for the Lord. Many in that day will say, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied in your name? Haven't we cast out devils in your name? He says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And when I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw that in the midst of the lampstands was like in the midst of the church was the son of man clothed with a robe which reached to his feet and a girdle of gold about his breast. His head and his hair were white as snow, his eyes like a flame of fire, his feet glowed like burnished bronze as if refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full power at midday. Is this the Jesus that was presented to God's people Sunday and Wednesday? Is this the Jesus that we need to know? It's not a different Jesus, it's just the fullness. He uh, the God who was, the God who is, and the God who is to come, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, as they are, the glory that Jesus had before the foundation of the world, which he wants to show to his, to those that, he's, that, that are his own. He wants to show them his power, his majesty, his glory, his authority, power, and dominion. Why? Because when we see him, we will be like him. We will be able to do what he does, speak as he speaks, live as he lives. Why? Because we've entered into the marriage supper of the Lamb where the two become one. Hallelujah. And what happened? When I saw him, I fell at my feet as a dead man because that's the glory realm. But he laid his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. Again, listen to what he says. He never says I'm Jesus. He says, I am the first and the last, the ever living one. I look at then he tells him who he is. I died, but see, I live forevermore, and I possess the keys of death and Hades. Write these things down that you are saying, that, 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 that I'm giving you. He tells them, look it, I'm the one that died and rose again. I need you, John, to see me like this. Church of God, this is the Jesus we need to see. He never loses being the lamb. The lamb is still there. But now we're seeing the lamb and the lion together. We're seeing the lion that sits upon the throne, the root, the root of Jesse, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is worthy to take the seal and break them open. 
We've got to see him like this. And we can't see him from down here. We can't see him for this horizontal plane of church action and activity. We've got to come up into the vertical relationship of deep intimacy with the Lord so that the Lord can now function in us and with us on the earth like a wheel within a wheel connected to those living creatures that we will still be sent by God. We're still going to do the works that God wants us to do, but we're not doing it in the mixture of flesh and spirit. We're being sent by God to places. We're being sent like Jesus was. With our steps are ordered to the Lord. We're leaning not on our own understanding, but in all our ways we've acknowledged him. And now he's giving us the thoughts and the plans that he has for us. And we're walking in them as living, breathing, full-grown sons of God and daughters of God, a bride, a man-child company, deliverers released on this earth. That's what this broadcasts are about. It's all hidden here. These are hidden manna, hidden secrets. Who would ever thought in the book of Hebrews chapter 9, you would find the changing of the day. The winter's over and the rain is gone. And the flowers appear, the sons of God. And when they appear, the singing of the birds is being heard in our land. That's what the convergence is about. The bringing of the birds together to sing. So why don't you plan on coming? Come. Tell others about it. Come to New York. May 2nd through the 7th. Come to New York and be that gathering of the birds. And let us sing to the Lord. Let us minister to the Lord. Don't you want to? Set the days apart and come. We're going to experience him. We're going to experience these things in living reality, and we're going to be changed from glory to glory. And that area will change because of God's presence in coming. Come and meet the Lord like Moses did. That's why I have this picture. I didn't know that until today. But I, have a, I have a picture of Moses parting the seeds, actually striking the rock and water coming out of the rock as a picture for this convergence. Why don't you come? Share this broadcast with somebody. Share these broadcasts. Do a watch party. Why? So that they can hear the singing of the birds. Father, I pray today a releasing, such a strengthening, such an equipping, such an equipping, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your enabling right now. Thank you, Lord, that this word is burning in our hearts. Let it burn up everything that's keeping us from hearing that call. Arise, my love, my fair one. Come away with me. Let it burn up everything that's causing us to stay in that recognized institution of the holy place. And let us pass on through the veil into the holy of holies, into your glory realm, Lord, that we can come up here. Open our eyes to see the door standing open in heaven, Lord. And let us hear that voice as a war trumpet calling us once again, come up here so I can show you the things that have come hereafter. Lord, I pray that this transformational marriage stuff of the land would burn, burn, burn in our hearts. That we would truly become one with you, God. I pray such a release, such a strengthening, such an impartation. Thank you, Lord. Just receive it, Lord. Receive it. Receive it. Just lift your hands up and just receive it. Say, Lord, yes, I receive it, Lord. Let this word become flesh within me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
bless his holy name. Just say, Lord, thank you, Lord, I receive it. Be it unto me, even as your word spoken, be it unto me, I receive it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, to you who can do exceedingly above all that we think or ask, Lord, to you, Father, be all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Amen and amen. Praise God. You know that word burned within me. I'm receiving it just like you are. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, thank you for watching this broadcast. And thank you um, uh, to all of you um, that have been praying for us, encouraging us. And those of you that God has touched to release financial blessings, we so appreciate it. On my Facebook page, at the end of the month, I put up our PayPal account because um, the, once, once a month, I try to put it up there so that those that God wants to touch are able to, um, you know, able to release those financial blessings. And I have people who ask me at the end of the broadcast, how can we do that? So all the information is right there for you. If God touches you and God knows what we all need. And he has supplied all our needs according to his riches and glory. So to all of you, if I haven't sent you an email yet, I have, I've been a little slow at getting my email thank yous out to you. I'm sorry. But I really want to thank you for every prayer, every word of encouragement, and every finance that you have sent. Don and I so appreciate it. We ask God to bless it for you. We pray for your families regardless whether you give or not. But we just thank you for that. We pray for everyone that signs in onto our onto this Facebook broadcast or YouTube. We're in our prayers. Thank you for listening to God for us. Thank you for letting God pray through you for us. And thank you for letting God speak to you to even release financial blessings. God knows what we need. We have a lot coming up with this trip, and so the Lord knows. And so we're trusting him to, to, to touch his people and that they'll respond to it. But, you know, he has people that he's called to and talked to. When I talk, to, talk, to, talk about giving, it's always between you and the Lord. You know, if he doesn't tell you to do it, you don't do it. You do what he tells you to do. Amen. But to those of you that he's told to and to bless us, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much. And those of you that are praying for us, thank you, encouraging us. And we're here for you. We can serve you in any way. If you have any personal needs that you need us to pray for, you can send me send send uh, an email to me or to Reverend Lynn, our administrator. She's admin at flameoffire2007.org. You can send her your prayer, prayer requests or me. Or you can go onto our website and if you hit the About Us, just let, let, let the arrow stay on it. You'll see prayer requests. You can fill out a prayer request and we'll get them. But this is not a one-way street. It's a two-way road. And we're here for you as you're here for us. And we love each and every one of you so much. I pray that every prayer, every word of encouragement, and your finances that you have blessed us with and will bless us with, that our God now, like, he, like Paul prayed for the church of, at, at Philippi, that our God supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He said to that church, I entered into no church of this partnership of giving and receiving but you. You've met my needs not only once but twice. They took care of him because they loved him. And they loved the work. And that's what we prayed. That's why I don't try to do all these things to raise money with it that way. I don't do it. Okay? Because I believe in the Philippian church people that God can touch. They, that will willingly and lovingly want to give. And they're cheerful givers. 
and their blessings are blessed. Their giving is blessings and not curses. Amen. Sometimes people can give with a wrong heart and wrong motive, but you know God has protected us from that because He has a faithful people to stand with us and help us do this missionary work. Because it is really a missionary work. Because not only are we do this online and through our website, but we also go as God is sending us. Come to New York, please. I pray you come. Find those that are hungry for God and thirsty that can receive this. It's by invitation only. You gotta register. And people come to the door not registered, they can't come in. They can't. And by registration only, because that's what God said. I know that could hurt people. And what kind of minister are you? You're not gonna let people in. I can only let in those that God says can come in for these gatherings. I'm sorry, I'm not in control of it. God is. So they can go home and register and then come in. Simple. Well, we love you. Have a blessed day. It was so good to be with you. I hope this blessed you as much as it blessed me and strengthened me today. So have a great afternoon. We love you all. See you soon. See you tomorrow. Same time, same station. Bye-bye.